Book Two, Chapter Eight of Bradford's History of the Plymouth Settlement, sixteen o eight to sixteen fifty. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Bradford's History of the Plymouth Settlement, sixteen o eight to sixteen fifty, by William Bradford, rendered into modern English by Harold Paget. Book Two, Chapter Eight. At the usual season of the arrival of ships, Mr. Allerton returned and brought some useful goods with him, according to the orders given him. As commissioned, he had raised two hundred pounds, which he got at thirty per cent. They got the goods safely home and in good condition. He told them, also, how with much ado he had arranged for a settlement with the adventurers, with the help of several of their faithful friends there. Of the agreement or bargain he had brought a draft with a list of their names annexed, drawn by the best counsel of law they could get, to make it binding. The body of it I insert here to all christian people greeting etc whereas at a meeting on the twenty sixth of october last several persons whose names to the one part of these presents are subscribed in a schedule hereunto annexed adventurers to new plymouth in new england in america agreed in consideration of the sum of one thousand and eight hundred pounds sterling to be paid in manner and form following to sell and make sale of all the stocks shares lands merchandise and chattels whatsoever to the said adventurers and their fellow adventurers to new plymouth aforesaid in any way accruing or belonging to the generality of the said adventurers aforesaid as well as for any sum or sums of money or merchandise at any time heretofore adventured or dispersed by them howsoever for the better setting forth and expression of the said agreement the parties to these presents subscribing do for themselves severally and as much as in them is grant bargain alien sell and transfer all the said shares goods lands merchandise and chattels to them belonging as aforesaid to isaac allerton one of the planters resident at new plymouth aforesaid assigned and sent over as agent for the rest of the planters there and to such other planters at new plymouth aforesaid as the said isaac his heirs or assigns at his or their arrival shall by writing or otherwise think fit to join or partake in the premises their heirs and assigns in as large ample and beneficial manner and form to all intents and purposes as the said subscribing adventurers here could or may do or perform all which stocks shares lands etc to the said adventurers allotted apportioned or in any way belonging the said adventurers do warrant and defend unto the said isaac allerton his heirs and assigns against them their heirs and assigns by these presents and therefore the said isaac allerton does for him his heirs and assigns covenant promise and grant to and with the adventurers whose names are hereunto subscribed their heirs etc well and truly to pay or cause to be paid to the said adventurers or five of them which were at that meeting aforesaid nominated and deputed viz john pocock john beauchamp robert keene edward bass and james shirley merchants their heirs etc to and for the use of the generality of them the sum of eighteen hundred pounds of lawful money of england at the place appointed for the receipts of money on the west side of the royal exchange in london by two hundred pounds yearly and every year on the feast of st michael the first payment to be made a d sixteen twenty eight 
also the said isaac is to endeavor to procure and obtain from the planters of new plymouth aforesaid security by several obligations or writings obligatory to make payment of the said sum of eighteen hundred pounds in form aforesaid according to the true meaning of these presents in testimony whereof to this part of these presents remaining with the said isaac allerton the said subscribing adventurers have set their names and to the other part remaining with the said adventurers the said isaac allerton has subscribed his name the fifteenth november sixteen twenty six in the second year of his majesty's reign john white john pocock robert keene edward bass william hobson william pennington william quarles daniel poynton richard andrews newman rooks henry prowning richard wright john ling thomas goff samuel sharp robert holland james shirley thomas mott thomas fletcher timothy hatherley thomas brewer john thorned miles knowles william collier john revell peter godburn emmanuel altham john beauchamp thomas hudson thomas andrews thomas ward fran newbald thomas heath joseph tilden william perrin eliza knight thomas coventry robert alden lawrence anthony john knight matthew thornhill thomas milsop this agreement was approved by all the plantation and consented to though they did not know just how to raise the payment and meet other engagements and supply the yearly wants of the colony since they were forced to raise money or purchase goods at such high interest to supply themselves with necessities however they undertook it and seven or eight of the chief members became jointly bound for the payment of the eighteen hundred pounds on behalf of the rest at the day's set it was a great risk as things stood at present at the return of their agent it was absolutely confirmed on both sides and the bargain was fairly engrossed on parchment and many things put into better form by the advice of the most learned counsel they could get and to prevent forfeiture of the whole for non-payment on any of the days it ran thus to forfeit thirty shillings a week if they missed the time now there were some unsuitable people among them from the first who came from england and others sent later by some of the adventurers concerning whom the governor and council had seriously to consider how to settle things in regard to this new bargain in respect of the distribution of things both for the present and future for the present unless peace and unity were preserved they would be able to do nothing but would endanger everything so they decided to include all in the partnership i e either heads of families or single young men of ability who were free and able to be helpful to the commonwealth for first they had need of men for defence and carrying on business secondly most of them had borne their part in former miseries and ought to be allowed to partake of the greater prosperity if the lord were pleased to give it so they called the company together and conferred with them and came to the conclusion that the trade should be managed as before to help to pay the debts and all eligible persons should be enrolled as purchasers single freemen to have a single share and every father of a family to be allowed to purchase as many shares as there were members of his family that is to say one for himself one for his wife and one for every child that he had living with him as for servants they had none except what their masters gave them out of theirs or their deserts should gain them from the company afterwards the shares were allotted accordingly and every one was to pay his proportion towards the purchase and all other debts which the profits derived from trading did not cover this gave satisfaction to all 
the cattle they had were divided first in this proportion a cow to six persons or shares and two goats to the same the stock being first equalized in value according to age and quality and then drawn for by lots pigs though more numerous were dealt with similarly then they agreed that every person or share should have twenty acres of land allotted to them besides the single acres they owned already those appointed to make the allotment were instructed to begin first on one side of the town up to a certain distance and then on the other side similarly and to include only tillable land or at least such of it as was along the waterside as most of it was and to leave the rest as common land they were all to agree as to the fitness of it before the lots were drawn to avoid dissatisfaction afterwards for the same reason they agreed by mutual consent before any lots were drawn that those whose land was nearest the town should choose a neighbor or two whom they would allow to plant corn with them for four years and afterwards they should be allowed to use as much of theirs for the same period if they wished every plot of twenty acres was to be laid out five acres in breadth along the waterside and four acres in length excepting nooks and corners which were to be measured to best advantage but no meadows were to be laid out at all nor were they for many years after because of the scarceness of meadow-land if they had been given out now it would have hindered later developments so each season every one was shown where to mow according to the proportion of cattle he had and the fodder he required this distribution gave general satisfaction and settled men's minds they gave the governor and four or five leading men among them the houses they lived in the other houses were valued and equalized fairly and every one kept his own so that he who had a better house made some allowance to him who had a worse according to the valuation one thing which occurred at the beginning of the previous winter i have deferred mentioning till now so that i might handle it altogether a ship with goods and many passengers aboard bound for virginia lost herself at sea either through the incompetence of the captain or his illness for he was so ill with scurvy that he could only lie at the cabin door and give directions and it seemed he was poorly helped by the mate and the crew or perhaps the fear and unruliness of the passengers made them steer a course between the southwest and the northwest so that they might make land the sooner they had been six weeks at sea and had no water or beer or wood left having burnt up all their empty casks one of the passengers had a hogshead of wine or two which was almost used up and they feared they would be starved at sea or wiped out by disease and so they ran this desperate course but it pleased god that though they either only just avoided the shoals of cape cod or else ran stumbling over them in the night they knew not how they made right towards a small blind harbor which lies about in the middle of manamoic bay to the south of cape cod and about high water they touched upon a bar of sand that lies across it but took no harm the sea being smooth so they put out an anchor but towards the evening the wind sprang up at sea and it was so rough that their cable broke and they were beaten over the bar into the harbor where they saved their lives and their cargo though much was injured by salt water for in the storm they had sprung the butt end of a plank or two and beat out their oakum but they were soon over and ran onto a dry flat within the harbor close by the beach so at low water they got out their goods and dried those that were wet and saved most of their things without any great loss nor was the ship so badly damaged but that she might be mended and made serviceable again 
but though they were glad that they had saved their lives when they had refreshed themselves a little they began to realize their condition and not knowing where they were or what they should do they lost heart shortly after they saw some indians coming to them in canoes which made them stand upon their guard but when they heard some of the indians speak english to them they were relieved especially when they asked if they were the governor of plymouth's men or friends of theirs and offered to guide them to the english settlement or carry their letters they feasted these indians and gave them many presents and sent two of their men and a letter with them to the governor and begged him to send a boat to them with some pitch and oakum and spikes and various other necessaries to mend their ship they also asked him to help them with some corn and several other things they wanted to enable them to continue their voyage to virginia they promised to pay for anything they received in any goods which they had aboard after the governor had been informed by the messengers of their condition he had a boat got ready with the supplies they needed and as the other more responsible members of the colony were away trading he went himself and took some trading goods too to buy corn from the indians it was no season of the year to go outside the cape but knowing where the ship lay he coasted along the lower side of the bay and put into a creek called namskeket where it is not much above two miles overland to the bay where they were and he had indians ready to carry over anything to them they were very glad of his arrival and of the things to mend their ship and other necessaries he also brought them as much corn as they wanted and some of their sailors having run away among the indians he had them sent back to the ship and so left them well provided and very grateful for the courtesies shown them after the governor left them he went into some other harbors near there and loaded his boat with corn which he traded and then went home he had not been home many days before he received word from them that in a violent storm owing to the bad mooring of the ship after she had been mended she was driven ashore again and so beaten that she was wholly unfit to go to sea so their request was that they might have leave to come to them and live with them till they could convey themselves to virginia if they might have means to transport their goods they would pay for it and for anything else with which the plantation could provide them considering their distress all their requests were granted and all help rendered them their goods transported and they themselves accommodated in their houses as well as they could the chief among these people were a mr fells and a mr sibsey who had a number of servants belonging to them many of them irish some others had a servant or two each but most of the people were themselves servants and were engaged by the two men mentioned above who owned most of the cargo after they had arrived and were settled the masters asked for some land to employ their servants upon since it was likely to be the latter end of the year before they could get passage for virginia and they had now the winter before them if they had opportunity to take passage before the crop was ripe they would sell it standing so they had ground allotted in convenient places and fells and some of them grew a great deal of corn which they sold at their departure this fells amongst his other servants had a maid-servant who kept his house and did his household affairs and as was intimated by some who were with him he was suspected of keeping her as his concubine both of them were questioned as to this but nothing could be proved and so they stood upon their justification so they were dismissed with admonition but afterwards it appeared she was with child so he got a small boat and ran away with her for fear of punishment first he went to cape ann and afterwards to the bay of massachusetts but he could get no passage and was nearly wrecked so he was forced to come back and submit himself 
so they packed him away and those that belonged to him at the first opportunity and dismissed all the rest as soon as they could as there were many undesirable people among them though they were also some who behaved themselves very well all the time they stayed and the plantation benefited by selling them corn and other provisions in exchange for clothing of which they had a variety such as cloth perpetuanes and other stuffs besides stockings and shoes and such like goods which the planters stood in need of so the advantage was mutual and a couple of barks took them away at the latter end of the summer several of them have since acknowledged their gratitude from virginia so that they might lose no opportunity of trading the settlers decided to build a small pinnace at manomet a place on the sea twenty miles to the southward of them towards which ran a creek so that they could convey their goods to within four or five miles of it and then transport them over land to their vessel and so avoid rounding cape cod with its dangerous shoals by this means they could make voyages southward in much shorter time and with far less danger for the safety of their vessel and goods they built a house and kept some servants there who also planted corn and kept swine and were always ready to go out with the bark when needed it was a satisfactory and profitable enterprise with the return of the ships they sent mr allerton to england again giving him full power under their hands and seals to conclude the former bargain with the adventurers and sent them bonds for the payment of the money they also sent what beaver they could spare to meet some of their engagements and to defray his expenses but the high rates of interest left them little margin he had orders to procure a patent for a suitable trading-house on the river kennebec for the settlers at piscataqua and other places to the eastward of them and also the fishing-ships competed with them for the trade of the indians and threatened by procuring a grant to exclude them from thereabouts and they found they were so well furnished with goods for the purpose that they might take all the trade from them they thought it essential to prevent this and at least to preserve free trade for themselves in localities which they themselves had first discovered and developed this year they received letters and messengers from the dutch colony sent to them from the governor there written both in dutch and french the dutch had traded to the south of them several years before they came but had made no settlement there till four or five years after their arrival at new plymouth their letters were as follows, it being their custom to be full of complimental titles. I shall render it in English, leaving out the superfluous titles from the body of the letter. The Dutch colonists at Manhattan to the settlers at New Plymouth. Noble, worshipful, wise, and prudent lords, the governor and counselors residing at New Plymouth, our very dear friends. The director and council of New Netherlands wish to your lordships, worshipful, wise, and prudent, happiness in Christ Jesus our Lord, with prosperity and health in soul and body. We have often before this wished for an opportunity to congratulate you on your prosperous and praiseworthy undertakings, and the government of your colony there, the more so since we also have made a good beginning in the foundation of a colony here, and because our native country is not far from yours, and our forefathers many years ago formed friendship and alliance with your ancestors both for war and trade, confirmed under the hands of kings and princes these have not only been confirmed by the king now reigning but it has pleased his majesty upon mature deliberation to make a new alliance to take up arms against our common enemy the spaniard who seeks to usurp the lands of other christian kings so that he may obtain his pretended monarchy over all christendom and so rule at his pleasure over the consciences of so many hundred thousand souls which god forbid 
it appears that some of our people who happened to go northward in their boat met some indians who told them that they were within half a day's journey of your plantation and offered to take letters to you so we could not forbear to salute you with these few lines bearing our good will and service to you in all friendly kindness and neighborhood if it should happen that any goods that come to us from our native country may be serviceable to you we shall feel ourselves bound to accommodate you either for beaver or any other merchandise should we have no goods at present that you want if you care to sell us any beaver or otter or such for ready money and let us hear in writing by this bearer whom we have instructed to wait three or four days for your answer we will depute some one to deal with you at any place you may appoint in the meantime we pray the lord to take you our honored friends and neighbors into his holy protection by the appointment of the governor and council etc isaac de rogeres secretary from manhattan in the fort of amsterdam march ninth sixteen twenty seven to this they answered as follows from the settlement at new plymouth to the dutch colony at new amsterdam to the honored etc the governor and council of new plymouth wishes etc we have received your letters expressing your good will and friendship towards us but with over high titles more than is our right or it is fitting for us to receive but for your good will and congratulations of our prosperity in these small beginnings of our poor colony we are much obliged to you and acknowledge them with many thanks accepting them as a great honor to us and a sure proof of your love and good neighborhood this is also to give your worships to understand that it is no small joy to us to hear that his majesty has not only been pleased to confirm the ancient alliances and other contracts formerly made by his predecessors of famous memory but has himself as you say strengthened them with a new bond the better to resist the pride of that common enemy the spaniard from whose cruelty the lord keep us both and our native countries now though this were sufficient to unite us together in love and good neighborhood in all our dealings many of us are under further obligations for the courteous treatment we received in your country having lived there for many years in freedom as many of our friends do to this day for which we and our children after us are bound to be grateful to your nation and shall never forget it but shall heartily desire your good and prosperity as our own for ever your friendly offer to accommodate us with any merchandise you may have either for beaver or otter or other wares is also very acceptable and we doubt not we shall shortly have profitable trade together this year we are fully supplied with all necessaries clothing etc though later we shall hope to deal with you if your rates are reasonable when you send to us again we shall like to know what price you give for beaver per pound and otter per skin and on what per cent you will deal for other commodities and what you can supply us with also what other goods from us would be acceptable to you as tobacco fish corn etc and what prices you will give etc we hope you will pardon us for our imperfect writing in your language and take it in good part through want of practice we cannot so well express what we understand nor understand everything as full as we should we humbly pray the lord for his mercy's sake that he will take both us and you into his gracious keeping and protection by the governor and council of new plymouth your worship's very good friends and neighbors etc new plymouth march nineteenth after this there was much correspondence and other intercourse and they traded profitably together for several years till other things interrupted it as will appear afterwards 
before they sent mr allerton to england this year the governor and some of the principal members seriously considered how best to discharge the many obligations which lay so heavily upon them and also how if possible to bring over some of their friends at leyden who wished so much to come to them and whose company they desired equally to effect this the leading men of the colony resolved upon a venturesome course not knowing how to accomplish their objects otherwise this was that they should purchase the trade of the settlement now owned jointly by the settlers as a body and by the adventurers for a certain period and in that time to undertake to pay the eighteen hundred pounds and all the rest of the debts of the plantation then owing which amounted to about six hundred pounds more the trade of the settlement to revert to the common ownership at the end of the period upon coming to this resolution they called the settlers together and made it clear to them what all their debts amounted to and upon what terms they would undertake to pay them in a given time but their other objects they were obliged to conceal only privately consulting some of their most trusted friends about it so after some discussion with the colonists it was agreed to and the contract drawn up on the following condition articles of agreement between the colony of new plymouth of the one part and william bradford captain miles standish isaac allerton etc of the other part and such others as they shall think good to take as partners in the trade for beaver and other furs and commodities etc made july sixteen twenty seven one first it is agreed and covenanted between the said parties that the aforesaid william bradford captain miles standish and isaac allerton etc have undertaken and do by these presents covenant and agree to pay discharge and acquit the said colony of all debts due for the purchase or otherwise on the date of these presents two the above said parties are to have and freely enjoy the pinnace lately built the boat at manomet and the shallop called the bass boat with all implements belonging to them in the store of the said company with the whole stock of furs fells beads corn wampum hatchets knives etc now in the store or due to the same upon account three that the above said parties have the whole trade to themselves their heirs and assigns with all the privileges thereof as the said colony does now and may use the same for six full years to come to begin the last day of september next ensuing four in further consideration of the discharge of the said debts each member of the colony promises and covenants yearly to pay or cause to be paid to the above said parties during the full term of the above said six years three bushels of corn or six pounds of tobacco at the choice of the parties five the said parties shall during the aforesaid term expend fifty pounds per annum in hose and shoes to be brought over for the colony's use to be sold to them for corn at six shillings per bushel six that the end of the said term of six years the whole trade shall revert to the use and benefit of the said colony as before seven lastly if the aforesaid parties after they have acquainted their friends in england with these covenants do thereupon resolve to perform them and undertake to discharge the debts of the said colony according to the true meaning and intent of these presents they are then upon notice given to stand in full force otherwise all things to remain as they were formerly and a true account to be given to the said colony of the disposition of everything as usual 
Mr. Allerton took a copy of this agreement to England, and had orders to arrange with some of their special friends there to join with them in this trade upon the above conditions, and also to impart to them confidentially the other object that induced them to take this course, that is, to bring over some of their friends from Leiden if possible, and to tell them that if any of them would join with them they would thankfully accept their partnership, and finally, by letter, gave them some grounds for their hope of accomplishing it advantageously for all concerned. End of Book 2, Chapter 8